Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, and move with your grace in your life, and we give you permission to do what you desire. We pray, Lord, that you would allow our minds and hearts and souls to be like the fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel, that your word, the very word of life, may bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us. Teach us to pray. Convict and console our hearts and speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. One of Jesus' disciples, they, they are, notice him praying. And they notice his disposition in prayer, and his disposition after prayer, where he is, this, this countenance in his face. So they see that there's something different about the way Jesus prays. And so they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. Today in, in this homily, I just I want to just kind of scratch the surface just a little bit some of these principles that Jesus gives us in prayer. And when I say we're just going to scratch the surface, that's all we're going to do. And I really encourage you to read the fourth section of the catechism. The fourth section of the catechism is my favorite part. It's the section on prayer. And it's an absolute gem. Especially even the first like two or three pages, you could read and pray with that for a year and never really fully mine it. It's just, just an amazing, amazing gift. And, and in that section of the Catechism on Prayer, there's different parts of it. It talks about prayer in general and prayer petition and different types of prayer, how prayer is a battle. You know, we all know that if we've tried to pray before, prayer is a battle, different distractions. And then that last section actually goes through the different petitions of the Our Father and breaks down in, in deeper meaning, not, not totally, but in a deeper way, all these different petitions of the Our Father, this prayer that we pray all the time. So today, like I said, we're just going to kind of scratch the surface, but I want to point you to the catechism and the section on prayer, and believe me, you, you won't be disappointed. It's, it's really, really beautiful. But today, again, Lord, teach us to pray. And first and foremost, in this question that they're asking Jesus is what the catechism says is the foundation of all prayer, humility. To recognize that we do not know how to pray. That's the beginning of prayer. And it's a necessary beginning. In St. Paul, in chapter 8, verse 26 of Romans, he says, we do not know how to pray as we should. Like, we don't. So if you think you know how to pray, including me, you're wrong, right? We, we just don't know. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who teaches us. He says the Holy Spirit who prays within us. So it is impossible to pray without the gift and the life of the Holy Spirit. That even our desire for prayer, even our thought for prayer, even our movement for prayer is a movement and a grace given by the Holy Spirit, whether we're aware of it or not. 
And so if we long to pray more, if we long to pray better, if we long to pray deeper or whatever the question is about prayer, then our first petition needs to begin. with It's like, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And then the second one is, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Teach me to pray. Come Holy Spirit and pray within me, just daily asking this in this vulnerable position, like, Lord, I, I, really, I really don't know. And sometimes I think we're afraid to go to prayer and to tell the Lord, like, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Because there's a temptation within us, right? The evil ones that would know. Like, if you show up before God, you better know what you're doing. Better know what's going on because you're going to be embarrassed if you're just fumbling around, you know. So figure out, go learn how to pray first by yourself. Get all the little tricks of the trade out over there by yourself. And then you come show up. It's like, no, it's backwards. And come in vulnerability before God. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't know how this works. I think I thought I knew, but whatever. But here I am, Lord. Come. And then what is Jesus? When he's, so Luke's version of the Our Father is, is a shorter version. It's like a summary version. The longer version that we typically pray comes from Matthew's gospel. But Jesus, he says, when you pray, say this, Father. For us, it's like our Father, right? We just say it all the time, our Father, our Father, our Father. It's like scandalous thing. When you pray, say Father. And for the Jewish people, and rightfully so, a God was so beyond us, which he still is, right? The Lord is so transcendent and so majestic and so amazing like that, that we are not worthy to be in his presence. But we're not. But God chooses to come close to us. This is the incarnation. He chooses to come close to us, and he chooses to come to us in this intimate way. And so as Jesus' disciples saw him praying, they saw like there's an intimacy that they could perceive in Jesus' prayer. And so they said, teach us how to pray. And the first thing he does, he invites them into this intimacy. Say, Father. Say, Father. Come to him like a little child. Come to him as you really are in his eyes an adopted son and an adopted daughter of the Father who is loved beyond all telling. Come to him with that confidence. And, and, and I tell you, we can't, I can't state this enough that one of the effects of the fall, one of the effects of original sin is that we have a distorted image of who God is. We have a distorted image of who God is. And if, if we don't acknowledge that, then we just kind of get stuck. We just get stuck. And many times I'm talking to people, they come to me and they want to talk about prayer and, all, and, and, and how to grow, which is really beautiful. Um, and then I'll ask, or whether it's they're just talking about something else, they're not even talking about prayer, and I'll ask the question, well, how do you think the Lord looks at you? What do you think the Lord's disposition is towards you? And most of the time, the answer is this, well, well God loves me. Uh, okay, great. But the way you're talking about your relationship with him, the way you're speaking about the struggles that you're going through, 
there's at least some aspect in your heart that doesn't really believe that. And it's not a, a finger-pointing thing. It, it's, it's all of us, including myself. And so that's a question like, okay, that's, that's what we know in our minds, which is really, 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 really tr important that we understand the truth intellectually. Very important. Because our emotions are normally like all over the place and, and again, this distorted stuff, right? But where we pray from and where the catechism says where we pray from is from the heart. Like I've mentioned this before. When I say heart, we're talking about the biblical notion, not just our emotions, but the core of who we are. And when we pray from the heart, so, again, I'll be walking with people and talk to them. Do you say the Lord loves you? Well, well, I know that's what you're saying here. But what about down here? What about in your gut? How do you think the Lord looks at you? And not all the time. I'd say maybe 50% of the time, folks get pretty honest. and like, well, <laughs> I think he thinks I'm a pile of junk. I think he thinks that, like, man, when are you going to figure it out? Like, why are you going to stop being so stupid? Why are you such a horrible sinner? I'm pretty done with you. And, like, to acknowledge that, so important. So important. Because it is acknowledgement that I do not see clearly. I do not see clearly who the Lord is as a loving father in the core of who I am. And so how am I going to pray well, right, if I have this distorted image? And so what's important is that I'm not just stuck in my head, like my spiritual director will tell me, stop praying like a theologian. I'm like, uh, no offense to our theologians who, who are here, right? It's like, that's good. You know the truth. Very, very, very important. But if you're not acknowledging what's really going on down here, then you're not in an honest relationship with the Lord. And so part of this prayer is being in this honest relationship with him, saying Father, right? And where do we come to know him as Father? This is why it's really important that we constantly read the gospel and pray with the gospel. Why? Because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the gospels are the revelation of Christ. God's word to us. So if we want the image of God healed within us, one of the aspects that we need to continually do is to pray with the Gospels so that, that we will re receive from the Holy Spirit who Christ really is and not our messed up way of what we think about him, right? He's not this crazy, foaming-at-the-mouth judge, and he's not Barney. Like, those are two extremes. No Barney Jesus, no foaming-at-the-mouth Jesus, Right? It's right there in the middle, the heart of the gospel, to read this and pray with this. And then, what does Jesus say? Pray, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? The catechism says this. The grace of the kingdom is the union of the entire holy trinity with the human spirit. So what we're praying for, we're praying for a lot of things when we pray, Lord, thy kingdom come. What we're ultimately praying for is that heaven would begin in my soul right now for a deeper communion with the Holy Trinity. That's what I'm praying for, that the life of the Holy Trinity would be more manifest in my life, 
that would be more drawn in, my heart would be drawn into that and purified within the very life of God. It's amazing. And then he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is a really bad translation, actually, of the Greek word. The Greek word is epiousios, right? Everybody knows what epiousios means, so I don't have to tell you. It's a pretty, it's only used a couple of times in the scriptures. And it's not a very commonly used word in the Greek language at all. Epiousios means super substantial. This super substantial bread. So when a church when it speaks about like transubstantiation, right, that, that right now in the back there's bread and wine, and when after the prayers uh, of the priest and the Holy Spirit comes down, then there's, it still looks like bread, still tastes like bread, but the substance of it is Jesus Christ. And so this super substantial bread is really, Jesus is speaking about the Eucharist. And part of the translation of daily comes from the reality of like the heavenly manna that as their journey through the desert was there for them every day and that the new manna is the Eucharist on our journey towards the new promised land. And so this daily bread is Jesus. And for us in the Eucharist, the epiousios bread, right? You can, you know, there's a $3 word for you to tell all your friends. <laughs> And then Jesus moves on from the Our Father. Again, I didn't go through all of it. He moves on from the Our Father. And he tells this really interesting, like, kind of parable, right? Like, yeah, you know, like, when you pray, show up at midnight and, and knock on your friend's door and just keep knocking. And just keep knocking. Like, hey, man, get up and give me some bread. My buddy showed up, and we don't have anything in the cupboard. And his friend is like, no, go away. I'm sleeping. My kids are sleeping. Like, go away. No, 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 no. Like, seriously, give me some bread. No. Like, go away, man. I'm sleeping. My kids are sleeping. Get your own bread. You're lazy. No, 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 no. Give me some bread. Like, okay, well, the guy's just going to be like, okay, fine. Even not for a friendship. So you leave me alone. I'll give you some bread. And so the Lord tells us, I mean, this is a really interesting thing, right? He says, and so if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will give up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. Now, anytime Jesus is speaking about this, God's not like that. He's not like, look, stop bothering me. Man, you would just, uh, but if we just bother God enough, then like finally he's going to give us a little bread. Like that's, that's not the point. And again, this word persistence, the, the English translation of it is not that great. The word is really Anadia, anadia, which means shamelessness, like a shameless persistence, shameless persistence. So the, so the important part here, and this is, this is from Dr. Petrie, a um, well-known biblical scholar. He says, Jesus is, he says he's telling us to pray in a shameless manner. In other words, not to just be persistent, but to be shameless in our prayer. So then when you say someone is acting shamelessly, what we're saying is that they have no respect for custom or etiquette. And that's, why the guy in the, that's what the guy in the parable is doing. He doesn't care it's midnight. He doesn't care the guy's already asleep. He doesn't care the kids are already in bed. He just wants his bread, and he's going to come over there and shamelessly pound on the door. 
until he gets his friend to get up and give him some bread. Dr. Petrie continues, this is how Jesus wants his disciples to pray, relentlessly, shamelessly, without regard for custom or etiquette, in a kind of act of desperation, begging God to give us the assistance that we need. Man, do you pray like that? Do we pray this raw shamelessness? Now there's time for formal prayer. Jesus is teaching the Our Father. We have the Mass. There's time for formal prayer, and it's beautiful, and it's all this stuff, right? Probably in Mass, you shouldn't just like screaming things out. But when we go to our inner room, what Jesus says, and when you go to pray, go to your inner room, that the Lord wants to come wants us to come to him like a little child. I've been mentioning this, like a little child, very honest with raw prayer, shameless prayer. That we're not afraid. Like the guy's not afraid. Like I know everybody else is hearing me and I'm going to be the talk of the town because at midnight I'm banging on the door asking this guy for bread. But so many times in our prayer we're afraid to be that vulnerable with God. We're afraid to be that honest and raw and shameless with the Lord. But if we want to enter into a deeper relationship with him, it's important that there are times and there are periods in our prayer that that, that is exactly what we are. Exactly what we are. And we just put it all out because otherwise what am I doing in my mind, right? It's like, no, I shouldn't say that and this is what the truth is and these are all those things which is important. But then I'm just like controlling my prayer and I'm not coming like a little child. I'm not coming like a little child. And it's embarrassing to pray like that. Like if you've ever done that, it's like, okay, this is kind of embarrassing. But here I am, an adult man praying like a little child. But it's beautiful before the eyes of the Father. It's beautiful before the eyes of the Father. And what it does is it places us in this place of vulnerability for God to meet us there. Again, there are times for formal prayer. This is what Mass is a formal, beautiful prayer. But there are times when we need to come to the Lord with the honesty of our hearts. And so, but part of what is, we're afraid to do that is because what happens if God doesn't answer, right? Like if I really let it all out, and I really stay there with it. What if the Lord does not answer? And so Jesus is like, okay, I got one for you. Then ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Because what father, right, would give his son a scorpion when he asked for an egg? If you, right, if we, if, I, if you as mothers and fathers... You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those whom we ask Him? How much more? How much more? Jesus says, so trust that when you come before the Lord, and when you come before Him in humility, when you come before Him seeking His kingdom, when you come before Him shamelessly putting your heart in the heart of God, then He will answer. And what He answers with is His life is his life, is the life of the Holy Spirit. And it's not always what we want or how we want or when we want it, and that is good. It's a good thing, right? Garth Brooks told us that. 
Sometimes, right, he thanks God for unanswered prayers. Me too. I've mentioned this before. I think I would have been married like 10 times, you know. Like, it would have all ended up really bad. I would have been a terrible husband, you know. Praise God I'm a priest. This is, this is a gift. But what's happening is when we come before the Lord, and, and, and as St. Augustine mentioned before, like he's seemingly withholding himself, then God wants to do something better for us. Sometimes it's really painful. It's really painful. But he wants to do something better for us. He either has something better for us. He's either preparing our hearts. He's expanding our hearts. He's tilling the soil to plant the seed or whatever it is. But ultimately, he wants to give us his self, himself, this kingdom, the indwelling of the Holy Trinity. And it's hard for us, right? The catechism says this too. Sometimes we complain of not being heard. And I read this, I read this in preparation this week, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I needed to read that. So in the first place, we ought to be astonished by this fact that when we praise God or give him thanks for his benefits in general, we're not particularly concerned whether or not our prayer is acceptable to him. You know, like, hey, Lord, praise you, bless you, thank you, and we're not like, was that good? But we're like, oh, I was asking you for this and I didn't get it. Why not? Why not? And it cutches our hearts. And again, what motivates us in prayer? It says, is God an instrument to be used? And like, what I like to say is, like, he a divine candy machine for us? Like, I put in my Our Fathers and my Hail Marys and my Mass, and I do these things, and like, where's, where's my candy bar? Did I put it in the machine wrong? Do I need to shake it, you know, kick the machine or something? But are we in relationship with him? We're in relationship as, as a humble child, a humble child to our Father. And so, again, we just scratched the surface today by encouraging you, pray with this gospel, pray with the, the fourth section of the catechism on prayer, and then we come before the Lord in humility, recognizing we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit comes and moves and prays within us, and he teaches us. We pray for the coming of the kingdom. We pray to understand God more as Father, imaged in Christ who died for us. And we pray shamelessly at times. The rawness of our hearts, not being afraid of it. I just want to, I want to challenge you. Like if there's something down here that you haven't been offering to God in prayer because you're afraid, do it. Do it and keep doing it. And keep laying it before the Lord, no matter how embarrassing it feels. And then like you just surrender to the Lord's goodness and his grace and his mercy. That, he's that we receive today in Christ our super substantial bread, the very kingdom of God given to us in the Holy Eucharist. And that when our prayers are not answered, know that God is drawing near to us with his self. Because sometimes, brothers and sisters, if we're, if, if we're honest with ourselves, that if God gives us the answer to the prayer that we want, then like, we'll be satisfied with that on some level and won't long for him. We won't really long for him. And he wants us to long for him. He wants us to know that he and only he can fully satisfy the longing of the human heart.
Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Father. Father. 